He said miracles are more spiritual than religion. Given the circumstances, his stance on the latter was based on trial and error. The terror of becoming a heathen left him believing that miracles was for saints and sages. Stages he could never reach. It's a shame. They don't preach for the righteous no more. Just religious relics with impetuous rhetoric, passing judgment and ridicule. What would Jesus do? If the sin was minuscule, is it that crucial to browbeat, backbite, and persecute? All the while, hands up in praise. Oh, happy days. Oh, happy days. A long gone. They're reading from a new Psalms. Palms clenched, tight-fisted, twisted theories, disguise, and testimonies. They take more than they give. Get yours in the hereafter, but pay no mind to how they live. He said miracles are more spiritual than religion. Given the pastor's views, his late dues was due to his lack of conviction. Children out of wedlock and shacking up. Hmm. I guess your eviction was God's decision. And who are we to intervene? The righteous don't convene with sinners, nor do losers relate to winners. So repent for your transgressions and count your blessings. Oh, now it's received. You want him to believe he's less than you. So be less is what you really mean when you say God bless you. I tell you, they don't preach for the righteous no more. They just teach, believe more, no less. Do wrong, just confess. And everyone's a prophet now, ordained and sanctified. But can someone explain how slavery in the sight of God is justified? What's holy about that? You can't see the holes in that. They stole your folklore, exploit your culture, deface the remnants, then assume its image. What's more wicked than this? The pot calling the kettle black? This sick sadistic twist on facts? These scars attached to our backs? The indelible sounds of laughter from massa when these preachers dig ditches from pulpits, preaching promises of deliverance. Rivers filled with milk and honey, as long as their pockets are filled with bills of money. I guess God look out for fools and dummies. I tell you, miracles are more spiritual than religion. Your direction has been shifted, lifted from your homeland, principles deleted. Pants sagging, demeanor demeaning the people defeated, demanding freedom, but confined to your vices. Sold the ingredients to your demise at discount prices. Lifeless shells confused and divided, disenfranchised and misguided. The most emulated, the least venerated, the biggest consumers, the smallest producers. I tell you, miracles are more spiritual than religion. Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With poetic black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me. And who's holding you but you but you? Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with poetic black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and lewd advances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to be here today for another brand new episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. Family, what's good? I'm feeling real good today. Uh, We're going to talk about some things today, as usual. 
definitely want to hear your feedback. Definitely want to hear your feedback. You know, hit me up. You you know, you guys can hit me up at spoken soul sessions at gmail.com with your comments, your feedback. Anything helps. But yes, it's a great day today, man. So happy to be alive. So happy to be here breathing with the potential to be greater. The piece that I did in the beginning of the show is a is a real dear piece to me. I'm talking about, you know, not just religion, but this can apply for a lot of different things. But religion being one of the things that I believe in my humble opinion that divide us, that keep us distracted from the real goal at hand. And I find it very ironic that the ones, the individuals who bring us the religion, the individual who 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 introduce religion to us, you find them the least religious of all people. You know? You find them the least religious of all people But we as a people The way we love so hard <clears throat> It seems like It seems like we get in the, uh, with, a, with the butt of the joke You know It seems like we're the butt of the joke And really When you really think about it What If a person is seeking to destroy you To, to subjugate you To captivate you Anything that they give you will be along the lines of that agenda. Just basic logic. One plus one is two. You know, if you know a person is out for your demise, that's like a person you know and is a sworn enemy of you. A sworn enemy. Hate your guts. Hate your guts. You wouldn't expect him to bring you a box of cookies. You say, hey, man, I bake you these cookies, especially for you. Especially for you. I bake these cookies for you. Your sworn enemy. It don't gotta, you don't got to be a rocket scientist to figure out that he probably did something to them cookies. You know? So why would you expect anything less from this, this, this oppressor? Who gives you this religion to keep you distracted Keep you focused on so many other things Except for the thing you need to be focused on Your survival Your survival I think we as a people we get too caught up I don't see, no, I don't see nothing wrong with religion In regards of using it In, in, in the application of how it should be used You know Coming from an individual who was once Very very religious Very religious You know But when we grow we do better You know you know more You know you grow more But in any event You just look at The situation of us As black America You look at our condition and then we look around for solutions. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say that religion is, isn't one of them. Religion isn't one of them. In my humble opinion, I believe that religion takes you further away from the goal of knowing who you are. We as African-Americans, and I always say this, is that we are very unique in comparison to other cultures and ethnicities We are very unique One We have that horrible Stain of Slavery You know that we were Affected by So our Thinking pattern Is very unique Most people who come From other Countries who migrate here They don't have a working idea of what black people went through in this country. It seems like a lot of people come over with different nationalities, melanated people, but they come over and they have this disdain for 
black Americans. They have a disdain for black Americans as though black Americans are lazy. Black Americans don't want to do nothing. Black Americans are, you know, they just they just unproductive and things of that nature. And they don't know the half. They don't understand the trials and the persecutions that blacks in America has faced. And we face we face so many different trials. And and you can see from history the image that they try to paint of the African American or the black blacks in America. I like blacks in America better. I like blacks in America, black Americans or you know, not saying that no, I know we're African. I know where we come from. <clears throat> but to make the distinction of who we're talking about, blacks in America. We have blacks all over the world, but we're talking about blacks in America. Blacks in America are very unique, very u- unique with the trials and the persecutions that were afflicted upon them and very unique in the thinking patterns. You got to realize, take take for an example, uh, Greenwood. Take for an example, Greenwood, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, in Black Wall Street. This was a town that thrived, you know, black owned everything, thriving. And what happened? They destroyed it. And Black Wall Street wasn't the only black successful thriving economy that black people created that they destroy so it seemed like this country i'm not going to say it seems like it is in this country that whenever black people reach a pinnacle or black people reach a level where they they begin to prosper you have the powers that be that prevent it from ever flourishing do your research and see what happened with the ground of um the town of greenwood after the massacre in 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they ran freeways through that town afterwards. So it could never be rebuilt. No reparations, no reparations ever handed down. They're in the works of talking about reparations now, but uh, we'll see where that, that, that'll go. But no reparations. So there's a, History, there's a pattern in this country that black people have uh, experienced that when they get to this pinnacle, they always say, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, make something of yourself and things of that nature. But when you do, they find a way to tear you down. Look at even and and I hate to use entertainment as an example, but I'll use it as an, an, an example because more people can identify with it is that you look at the entertainers. Entertainers who were at the top of their game for a period of time, but before they pass, it was it was a concentrated effort to tarnish or just destroy the legacy of that artist. Constant, constant examples. We got the example of Prince. We got the example of Michael Jackson. We have the example of Bill Cosby, what they're trying to do to him. Or what they've done to him. You got the example of Sammy Davis Jr. You got the example of Red Fox. You got countless examples of them letting you get but so far. And then tear you down. Tear you down. That's why it's more important to me. Looking looking from the perspective of the over, the overall well welfare of my people i believe that religion at this day and age is a hindrance for us black people need a lot of stuff but religion is not one of them we're steady trying to identify with a god that we are unfamiliar with but are so quick to forget the gods that we abandoned and I know the abandonment of these gods wasn't wasn't uh, deliberate just by by default, by, you know, what we went through, changing our language, the, the constant beating 
the Christianity faith into us, the Muslim faith into us. All these faiths have a, a very horrid history dealing with blacks. Even this day, present day, you have some countries who identify themselves as being Muslim are taking slaves, black people as slaves. So I said that part in the poem. I said, how, how is slavery, how is slavery in the sight of God justified? Because this is what they use. They use verses in the Bible. They use verses in the Bible. They use verses. You got traditions. I ain't gonna say verses, but you definitely you definitely have traditions in the Islamic faith that hints towards this. The okay, the, the being okay to be a, a slave. Even in the Quran, you can read in the Quran that it's permissible for a person to have slaves. If the Muslims had went to war and that Muslims was was united under one caliphate, one caliph. And they went to war with a country. The Khalifa can take the, the prisoners of that of that war and distribute them amongst the, the soldiers as slaves, property. And this is sanctioned. So I wrote that poem and I said, How how is slavery in the sight of God justified? This is the God, this is the God that we pray to. That we give all our adoration and we surrender and we submit to. How is slavery in his sight okay? Something fishy about that. There, there are many verses that that make statements that you are you, that God is what the servant or the slave think of him as. So when I think of God. When I think of God, an all-knowing being that knows all, all-powerful, slavery is something I, I, I just couldn't fathom to, to, to be uh, associated with a God, a just God, the God that, that, that has so many of these qualities. When you listen to the attributes of these gods, the most kind, the most merciful, you know, the all rich, you know, so it's, it's, it's so many attributes that's being attributed to God, but you don't see the manifestation of those attributes within the people who, who supposedly hold it firm and hold it saying that this is the way, this is the light. I find it, I find it real crazy. You have three different religions who share the same prophets, but don't agree on nothing. All of them If you look at the three world's greatest religions Why these are the three girl, the, the, the three world uh, Biggest religions Why that's another, that's another podcast But these three Are supposedly All confirming One another prophets You can find the prophets in the Torah That you can find in the Bible You can find the 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 prophets, the prophets that you find in the Bible, you can find in the Quran, in the traditions or whatever. But they all agree that these were prophets. These people, these men came with messages from God. However, they don't agree on anything. And each of them are condemning the other to hell. Each of them. Jews will tell you all the Muslims are going to hell. That paradise is only for the Jew You know The the Christians that tell you The Muslims and the Jews are going to hell They don't accept Christ as their Lord and Savior The Muslims that tell you That the Jews and the Christians are going to hell Because they associate partners with God They associate partners with God So When you When you look When you look at It's like a A, a, a dog chasing his tail like we going round and round in circles, round and round in circles, round and round in circles. They stole your folklore, exploit your culture, deface the remnants, then assume its image. 
What's more wicked than this? Curse you, tell you, tell you that that what you believe is non-existent. You don't know what you're talking about. You, you, you come from the jungle. You have no type of civilization. You can't, you can't articulate yourself. That's what they tell you about your folklore. But then they remix it, assume the image of the powerful characters in your folklore, and then repackage it and sell it to you as as salvation. As salvation. Your salvation is encoded in your moral reasoning. Black people are way too caught up on religion. When you look at it, and by no means am I, I'm an atheist. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't want to put a name to the divine. I believe there's an essence. There's a, there's a, there's a presence that we're all connected to. We're all connected to this presence, but I just feel that we, you know, religion is just a way that men take advantage of people who are sincere. I like the way that sound. This is this is the essence of religion. Taking advantage of an individual who's sincere, an individual who really wants to believe, an individual who who is searching for answers an individual that uh, individual who's searching for answers you have this individual who can be maybe he can be articulate he got a slick tongue he got a silver tongue he talks very well talks very well but leading you into destruction if this god is how they claim it it's obvious this god don't like black people it's obvious the math you can do the math and it really it really boils me sometimes when i see some of these different religious groups in the hood trying to reinforce trying to reinforce these 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 holes that religion have on us and they try to reinforce it and this is no shade towards anyone who's religious like if you if if you're a person who who have a religion and that religion makes you better it helps you reflect it helps you stay grounded it helps you be productive then by all means by all means continue you'll be a fool to discontinue something that's working so well for you what you need to do though in that same vein in that same breath don't if you feel a certain way about if you if you reach that that station in life where you're convinced of your faith then by all means but don't try to peddle that to someone else keep it to yourself where it's supposed to be keep it to yourself because it's not doing our people no good and I'm not throwing shots at no one, no particular religions, but you can see what I'm saying. You can actually see what I'm saying. We've had Jesus since the beginning. Since they convinced that this white with this white man with blue eyes and blonde hair is our savior, since they convinced us of that, we've been diehard holy rollers holding it down from generation to generation generation to generation and after generation and generation nothing has changed where is the presence of God and I'm not talking about the unconventional God I'm talking about the God that they peddle in all these religions where is this God? Where is the presence of this God right now? Because when you really look at it, think about it. The first ship, the first ship that they use to come bring slaves into this country had a name. The name of that ship 
was called the good ship Jesus. Look it up. The good ship Jesus. The good ship Jesus. So when you really sit down and unpack all of this, you're telling me that these people got into boats, traveled across the seas in order to conquer another people. Before they got in that water, they prayed. Who were they praying to? Praying to Jesus, right? Before they they came to conquer you, before they came to decimate you, to destroy you, they prayed. Who did they pray to? The Arabs ain't off the hook either. We gonna, we gonna, we gonna deal with both of them at the same time. They prayed because before the before the Christians, before the Christians took part, part took in the slave trade. You had the Arabs. We're talking about collectively over twelve hundred years of captivity. 1200 years 800 with the Arabs (laughs) Over 400 With the European slave trade But both of these individuals Prayed They prayed while While they were conquering us They prayed While They were maiming us While they were castrating us this is all documented history look what the Arabs used to do to the black slaves they used to cut off their man parts and make them eunuchs so they wouldn't have sex with none of the women that they would guard the harem they would guard their harems and they have these big black slaves guarding the harem so they didn't want them to have sex with the women so they would cut they, their, their genitals off and they would make them eunuchs Document it But they prayed though These wasn't just Arabs They had a God That they prayed to And who was this God So the point I'm trying to make Is that These people prayed Got on the good ship Jesus Before they got in that water They prayed to go To get to their mission And for their mission to be successful And it was Who were they praying to? Was it the same God that you pray to right now? Was it the same Jesus they was praying to when they boarded the good ship Jesus to come get your black behind from your your homeland? Was it? The same God they was praying to, you're praying to. And they're still on top And you're still on the bottom Who prayers Is this God answering And at what point in time Do we wake up and say Enough is enough If you know anything about Haiti When they revolted And got their independence They called to their ancestors That's what they did Because energy is real And don't misconstrue what I'm saying Trying to say that Or may may think that I'm trying to say That these gods aren't real These gods are very real And the reason why I know they're very real Is because energy don't die Energy don't die Cannot be destroyed And this is one of the powers That we fail to realize That we have The power Of prayer The power Of the spoken Word The power of the word All spells cast Is through words Whether it be written Or verbalized 
words. Words have power. So if you call to this God, you sacrifice for this God, this God is real. The more energy you feed it, the bigger it becomes, the stronger it becomes. So I'm not going to say that th these gods are non-existent. That's a concept that 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 these uh, monotheists, individuals who are monotheists, they have the concept that there's only one, only one way, one avenue. My studies tell me different. My studies tell me different. You got 7 billion people, over 7 billion people on the planet. All of them praying. Only one group of people getting their prayers answered. No. Because it's not necessarily the God. It's the words, the prayer. The power of your spoken word. That's the beauty of this universe. That when you speak something, it comes into being. It comes into fruition. That is your power. That is your power. But a lot of us don't realize that we have this power. They don't realize that we have this power. But this power is very real. How many times you wanted something that you thought about it? Whether you was a kid or, or, or an adult, you thought about something and you kept thinking about it. You kept thinking about it and eventually you had it. This is how you manifest belief, belief in order to manifest. You need belief. They trick you to believe and they trick you into believing that you need belief for salvation. You need belief for salvation. No. No. Your salvation is in your moral reasoning. You know what's right and what's wrong. You know what's right and what's wrong. But we want to ignore <clears throat> what's right in front of us. Is right in front of us Sometimes I feel that my people in particular Because we've been through so much trauma We've been through so much So much shit Is that we want To believe in the idea That It can be something greater After all After all we've been through All the bullshit we gotta go through All the bullshit we gotta go through we got to worry about the police. We got to worry about your own kind killing you. You got to worry about uh, trying to trying to succeed, not not being an intimidating force when you go into the job field. You always find yourself compromising, always find yourself bending over backwards to fit in. This is deliberate. This is why this feeling never ends. This is why this feeling never goes away because it is it is very deliberate. Very deliberate. What's being done to you. And no amount of religion is going to change that. No amount of prayer is going to pray that away. It's time to take action. So if religion makes you a better person, then I'm for it. If it makes you better... Hey, I'm all for it for you. For you. But all of us are not the same. And that's the problem. That's why we just can't come together and find common ground where we can all coexist together. To move forward together. Because you got so many of us that want to go this way. You got so many of us that want to go that way. Some of us want to go back. Some of us want to go forward. But we all moving in different directions away from each other. We need to start moving as a unit. Moving as a unit. Stop being so, so, so religiously inclined that you believe that all your kudos is coming from your religion. If you be a good Negro, you're going to make it into the pearly gates. 
And I need to talk like this. I'm being a little facetious, but, you know, I'm not being malicious with it. I'm just saying that for us to wake up, to understand this plight, ain't no way impossible that your oppressor is going to give you something that's going to benefit you. He's only going to give you something if it, if it further benefits his hold over you. Think about it. This is your enemy. This is your enemy. When you look at it, look what you've been through in this country. They gave black men syphilis on purpose, told them they was giving them some type of a cure, some type of a vaccine, and they gave them syphilis. Dig this just so they can see how it will go untreated in black men. If you left it untreated, what would be the effects of it? Case study. But they came with the same shit from the government telling you, oh, here, here you go. Uh, this is free from the government. Don't trust that shit. This is free from the government. We're going to give you a free trial and and, and we're going to give you a vaccine that's going to help you uh, not get certain diseases. But all the while, they're injecting the disease inside of you. Look at the history of what they did to the women, the black women uh, in the research of abortions and, and the uh, Planned Parenthood history. The history of that doctor that had killed so many black women, you know, just experimenting on them. Experiment. But these are the same people who give you your religion and you believe them. You believe them. You believe in that lily white uh, uh, dream of being, oh, oh, everything is good because because the white man gave it to me. It's brainwashed. You're brainwashed. And I know from firsthand experience. I was telling a friend of mine, we was having a, com a conversation that I vividly remember when I was about seven years old. I had the notion that all white people were rich. And I believe that without fail. I really believe that. I believe if you were white, you automatically had money. You, you was filthy rich. This was my perception. Why? Why do a seven-year-old think like that? What would make a seven-year-old think that just because the color of this person's skin, just because the color of his skin, that he, he has money, he has wealth? And what would make a seven-year-old believe that just because a person's skin is black That he had to be a criminal He had to be suspicious He had He he was suspicious It was something suspicious about him Because he was black It's a direct result Of what they feed you in your entertainment What they feed you in your movies Look at the movies Black people were typecast In the, in the 70s 60s 60s, 70s 80s, 90s, 2000s Strictly typecast Only role you getting Only role you getting as a black As a black actor Is a thug, a mugger, a rapist Something to that regard This ain't I'm not making this shit up This is real Robert Townsend did a movie As a spoof Of that very same uh, the very same thing I'm talking about He did a movie called Hollywood Shuffles And then the movie was showing How you had these You know these actors that, that went to Juilliard And they, 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 they were very seasoned Actors And when they get to the studio To read for a part All they part is uh, Give me your wallet motherfucker Give me all your money sucker these are the lines. Now you have an actor that graduated from Juilliard that got so much experience in acting, but getting roles as a, a mugger or a rapist. But you see the fruition of what that did today. Backtrack it. Look at our image. Today, look at the black man's image 
today. Remember the first birth of a nation? The first movie, The Birth of a Nation? Not the, uh, what's the, what's the brother name? Um, Parker. I forget his name. Um, Nate Parker. Not Nate Parker, but the, uh, the old one, the original Birth of a Nation. And this whole entire movie was was designed and they they played this movie in a white house this movie was filmed in a white house this is your government filmed right in the white house but this is what they was trying to project and portray black people to be you had white people dressed up in black faces with all types of paint on their face acting like they was black and they was being portrayed as being beast or rapists and oh we can't allow the 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 niggas to get independence because all our women is going to be raped they always use white women always use white women as 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 the the catalyst to cause confusion white women emmett till allegedly whistled at a white woman emmett till allegedly whistled at a white woman his demise Dick Rowland the individual who the whole Tulsa Oklahoma riot was pretty much stemmed from was an incident with a white woman she just yelped uh and they came running oh we gotta kill him we gotta kill this nigga he made the white woman scream They always use the white woman as though this is the ultimate prize or the ultimate thing that we must protect the world from black people. No shade to nobody white. No, I mean, no shade to nobody white. I got a lot of close brothers that's that's white. You know what I'm saying? Close friends of mine that's white. That I respect them on an individual basis because they've shown me their character. But we just talking about the history of the people. We talking about history. Who has more? This is what they say when they when you when they pull you over and and you you driving your car, they pull you over. You triggered suspicion. Who can trigger more suspicion than white people as far as crime is concerned? Just do it. Just do a check. All the shit they do, they capitalize off of when it was illegal, but now they get praised for. Bootlegging. They curse these drug dealers out here trying to get money. Trying to get money to feed their family, but they praise the bootlegger during the time of the prohibition. These were these were brave men and women who defied the the government and, and still provided the service of booze to the public. They get praised for it. Chris Rock said, if the owner of Marlboro was was black, you get 20 years for a fucking pack of cigarettes. Look how many people die a year. Look how many people die a year between guns, alcohol, tobacco. And tobacco. How many people, how many people die every single year because of this? But these are some of the richest companies in the world. Capitalizing off the hurt, capitalizing off the addictions, off the greed of man. But you trigger suspicion? We got to find out what Tyrone is doing in his in his Honda Accord going to visit his mama. You smell marijuana in the car? Who should trigger more suspicion than white people? Always up to some shit. Always causing some shit. But we the ones that trigger suspicion. It's the oldest book. It's the oldest trick in the game, man. Deflection. Make everybody think about this person while you rob everybody blind. 
Historically, us as a people, we've always been a loving people. Melanated people, always been a loving people. Of course, we had tribal wars and things of that nature. Nothing to the point of extinction. Name me one African country in, in the beginning of civilization that had nuclear warheads or had weapons of mass destruction. There was ways to, to kill people, masses of people, at a, you know, masses of people at one time. Look at the history of their war. Look at the histories of the war and the tactics of war. These people have a pattern of being so diabolical. So diabolical. But I trigger suspicion. You're afraid of me. You're afraid of me. And we eat that shit up. We afraid of us. There's certain, there's certain hoods that I can't walk in without, without being harassed or whatever the case be that white people can just walk in freely as, as, you know what I'm saying? No matter what, they can just walk freely. And we all should be able to walk like that freely, not have a care in the world. But it's a, it's a crazy game when they got you hating you so much that you're more suspicious of you, someone who looks like you. You're more afraid of someone who looks like you than the individual who's caused you the most heartache and 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 let down and and fucking persecution that you can even possibly imagine. You look at as your savior. Pull the fucking mean ass trick on us. That's why I feel if you have religion, yeah, you you can have you can have your religion, no problem. No problem. My only problem is now when you try to force it down my throat as this is this has got to be the way. This is the only way it's done. There's never been just one way for something to get done. There's never been just one way for something to get done. So why would it make sense there's only one way to pray? What about all the people who came before this this prayer was invented? What about them? When you ask these type of questions, they call you a heretic. They call you a, a blasphemer. Don't want to get don't want you to get too close to the margins. But one thing you can see about white people that I can that I can appreciate. One thing you can see about them that I can appreciate. That they know is all bullshit. They know it's all bullshit. They told you there was a heaven and a hell. They told you it was a heaven and a hell. And if you wasn't, if you didn't listen to your master, you was going to hell and you was going to burn. So in turn, you taught that to your children and your children taught it to their children and their children taught it to their children and their children taught it to their children. And now we have the situation we have today that is unquestioned. Jesus is unquestioned in the black community. You can't say a bad word about Jesus in the black community. But when you research, his name wasn't even Jesus. No such thing as the letter J in the language. So where did it come from? There's power in the name. They say there's power in the name. There's power in the name of Jesus. That's a song too. I heard it before. There's power in his name. But what, but what about you not saying the name right? Is it still power in that name? The name you're saying wrong? There's power in any name you give. That's your power. That's the power of your spoken word. If believing in Jesus affect life and affect change in you, in your world, that makes you a better person, then keep going. Do your thing. But don't, don't condemn the whole race to your perspectives and your views there's many ways to see a thing many different perspectives on the thing to be that selfish to be that arrogant to believe that it's your way or the highway is just ludicrous 
especially when there's a time we lived on this planet millenniums, millenniums without Jesus. Millenniums. According to the Bible, the world is only 6,000 years old. 6,000 years old, roughly. According according to the, the, the Bible. But we know that we've been on this planet for millions and millions of years. Millions of years. Millions and millions and millions of years. So there was millions of years that passed without the name of Jesus. Millions of years. This name is relatively new in the, in the grand scheme of things. We shouldn't get so bent out of shape for this. <clears throat> we should re always remember where we got it from. Where you got Jesus from. Where? Who taught you about Jesus? I know it wasn't our ancestors in Africa. I know it wasn't our ancestors in, in on this native land right here. They ain't tell you nothing about Jesus. They was here first. So you got to really pay attention. You really have to pay attention of what's going on. What's what you're digesting. Anything that 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 someone gives you is not good to digest and just eat. Sometimes you got to investigate what you take in. And then you got to investigate what you give your children. You got to read labels sometimes. Sit, sit down and think before you re-indoctrinate the cycle all over again with your children. It's one thing for you to be indoctrinated, for you to be um, brainwashed, whatever the case may be. And, and it's a beautiful thing when you can come out of it. When you, when you get what the, what the word they use nowadays, woke. When you become awakened and you understand what was really done to you and then you, you're like, wow, I, I can't believe it. That feeling, that feeling of, of like breaking free from this norm of what's what you supposed to believe is, is breathtaking, is a beautiful feeling. But a lot of us are so caught up. A lot of us are so caught up in the fact that Jesus is our all or be all or Allah is our all or be all. But to be honest with you, we know nothing about these religions. Nothing. It don't even it, it doesn't even coincide with our with our natural uh, our natural characteristics of things. The way we do things, the way we interact. It contradicts it. We need to stop looking at the people who oppressed us. If a person, if you have a group of people who, who has oppressed you, this would be the last person that I would look for for guidance. Why the change of heart? What do you want from me? You want me to pick your cotton? You want me to pick your tobacco? You want me to pick your sugar cane? You want me to pick these things for you? Why are you giving me this religion for? What's the purpose of this? I'm already doing it. You already beat me into submission. What's the purpose of the religion? Why were you so adamant about me taking this religion? Why? What's so important about this religion? I'll tell you the importance. Because once you adopt it, they know they just don't have you as a slave. They know that their children's children's children will be the masters of your children's children's children. This is what they don't tell you in, in Sunday school. This is what they don't tell you in the sermons. They don't tell you this. This is what they don't tell you. Why? Why would these people who your first interaction with these people, they they meant you, they meant to harm you, persecute you, enslave you. But you're meaning to tell me that these very same people are the individuals who who, who really care about your well-being in the hereafter? Bullshit. I challenge anyone. To sit and ponder that fact. Why would they give you a religion? 
You had your natural things that you believed when you came from Africa. Why not let you keep that? Why not let you keep that? What was it so necessary for you to be convert into Christianity? And after you convert three generations later, you have voluntary, uh, um, your, your, your ancestors are, or yet not your ancestors, your descendants are volunteering to become, to be, to, to, to take the oath of this religion or whatever the case may be. I listened to this, this guy, I forget, he was a poet. He had an excerpt. Uh, his name is Amir Suleiman. Very deep poet, man. Official brother, man. That brother's fire. He performed on Deaf Poetry a few times. Definitely a, a dope poet. But he had on his on his CD, it was a little excerpt that he played. And I don't know who was speaking, but the excerpt was saying definitely that uh, when you have a war with a people you go to war with the people and they defeat you they, they overtake you in battle the man was saying that this victory of theirs will be forever if you look at them as your friend if you look at them as your comrade, you look at them and say, okay, yeah, the victory of theirs will be over over you. It will be forever if you look at them like that. But if you look at them as your enemy and you look at them as the fact that, okay, uh, you won today, but we're going to keep on fighting and, and I'm going to eventually win. And I'm going to keep on fighting. I'm going to keep on fighting. I'm going to keep on fighting. This is when a person has mastery over you that's why in that movie roots it was a deep scene people don't break down and unpack that scene when they was beating uh kunta kente until he said his name was toby that was a deep scene how they kept beating him beating him beating him until he submitted till he submitted the same thing they do, they beat and beat and beat you until you adopt their religion, until you adopt and you teach it to your children and your children teach it to their children. Then this cycle of theirs will last forever. But I challenge you, I challenge you to get acquainted with the gods that we have abandoned. Those old spirits that we used to call upon when we were in, in our element. Everybody have their Orishas. Everyone have their gods, their, their things that was indicative to their people. Why can't we have ours? Black culture is the most uh, attacked culture ever. Look what they did to Egypt. They totally whitewashed Egypt. I was talking to an individual and uh, he was saying that, uh, yeah, Egypt ain't Africa. I was like, what? He's like, no, 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 Egypt ain't Africa. The matter of fact, there's a preacher. Oh, this guy's crazy. I forget his name, but he's on YouTube. And he and he's always uh just reinforcing white supremacist thinking. And he will always say, oh, black people, it wasn't until the white man came and showed us who God was that we began to prosper. We didn't know about nothing. And I, and he he be spewing this rhetoric all on the Internet. I forgot his name. It'll come to me. man. I, I just forget his name. But uh, it's crazy like that. We need to really, really look at the fact that why would they give you something that was going to benefit you why would a person who want to enslave you not pay you for your labor beat you to make you work harder and faster why would he care about your hereafter inquiring minds want to know why in the world would he care about your hereafter We as a people, we need to wake up, man. Wake up and start understanding each other and put our religion 
you know, put it, put it where, where it belongs. That's something personal between you and your God. Keep it personal. That's where the problems come when people want to conquer. It's very selfish, very arrogant for you to believe that you got something that everybody got to have because you believe it. But what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? This is the question that, that, that stumps every religious zealot when you ask them, what if you're wrong? Ask the Baptist, ask the Baptist, what if you're wrong? Ask the Muslim, what if you're wrong? Ask the Jew, what if you're wrong? It's obvious that you don't even got it together correctly because you disagree on everything. All of these religions got so many different points of view, so many different views that the other say, oh, this makes you a disbeliever because you believe this or this makes you that because you believe that. It's, it's, it's so much. It's so much conjecture. Nothing certain. Nothing certain. Only conjecture. But you will kill for that conjecture. You would take another man's life for that conjecture. Something to think about. Something to think about. Well, family, the show's coming to an end. But I do have a special surprise for you guys. Spoken Soul Sessions has now have a sponsor. That's right. Let's clap it up for the sponsor. We have we have a sponsor, uh, Inner Child Press Publications. As a matter of fact, let's let's get into that right now. Uh, I want you guys to check out this offer from one of our sponsors. Hello, this is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at InnerChildPress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.interchildpress.com. Thank you. Definitely, we got our first sponsor. So any of you guys are looking to basically publish your work. I am a published artist and I use um, Interchild to publish my work. I'm publishing two of their publications And uh, definitely man Bill we had him on the show Go check that interview out Very deep solid brother Pulitzer Prize nominee Two time Pulitzer Prize nominee He's traveled all over the world Spreading this gift of the spoken word You know he has done so much For our community So definitely I, I just jumped at the The opportunity to be able to work with the brother You know so we can bring Some affordable packages of the uh, public, of those poets who are trying to publish their work. So definitely, if you want this uh, deal, you want this discount, you will go to their website and you would put the promo code Spoken Soul. Now, Soul is spelled just like the show, Spoken Soul, S-O-L, not S-O-U-L. So the promo code Spoken Soul will get you 10% off any of their publishing packages now they got packages that run from 400 to four thousand dollars so 
definitely there's a wide range of variety for to fit your needs so definitely man bill is a, a solid brother definitely he cares about this art form so definitely if you guys are looking to publish your work he would definitely give you a nice deal and they do great work over there so fellas ladies my beautiful spoken soul family this episode has come to an end but i want to remind my audience to definitely send me some feedback let me know y'all listen to the show let me know what y'all like about the show let me know what y'all don't like about the show i only can get better with your feedback we can do this together i love you guys man i love you guys man and like always always speak positive affirmations of one another inspire one another to be better to be greater we can all do this together don't let anything separate us don't let no religion no colorism no type of division financial situations nothing don't let any of those things divide us we are strong we are together we are united i love you and i hope you love me too